God is calling us into a relationship with him. And can I tell somebody today that ministry is not a byproduct of a relationship? Oh, hallelujah. Somebody missed it. I says that the byproduct of a relationship, just because I have a relationship with Greg, doesn't mean I got to work for Greg. It just means I got a relationship with him. Can somebody say amen? Amen. See, because the relationship was not the byproduct of them doing ministry together. The relationship was the actual assignment. That's the assignment, church, that you and I have today. The assignment is to have a relationship above all. First and foremost, a relationship with God Almighty. Amen. That's why he called us. Because the Christian life is not about doing stuff for God, but rather being with God. Can you say amen? Let's give God a round of applause this morning. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. Because I can tell you that from Matthew's point of view, he's shocked. He's shocked that Jesus approached him. But I'll bet you it's also remarkable how Matthew gets up immediately and follows. You know, I thought to myself, I'm always thinking and I'm always asking questions. I thought to myself, why did Matthew drop everything? Why? He had everything he needed. 90% of Israel was living under the poverty line. He was, he was a rich man. He had his own place. He had his own house. Matthew? Why? Obviously, he didn't have to work hard. All he had to do was sit there. He didn't have to chase nobody down. When somebody didn't pay, he just wrote their name on a piece of paper and he gave it to that Roman soldier that was assigned to him, amen, at the tax collector's booth. And they got the posse together and they went after that person and they found him and they made that guy pay. They drug him to the booth. They took away his, his property. They took away his house. They took away everything that he had. He, Matthew didn't have to do nothing. So he was living the good life. Why would he get up to follow Jesus? And then to top it all off, the invitation was vague. The invitation was vague. Brother Frank, if I text you and I say, hey, come over to my house, what's his response going to be? Why? What are we going to do? Why are you? He's going to text other people. Hey, Greg, why is pastor inviting me over to his house? Do you know something I don't? Because we're why people. We want to know why. And we want to know when. When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? How far is it? Right? And so the invitation was very vague. And so I started asking myself all of these questions. Why would he stand up without question, without asking why, 
Why would he stand up and follow Jesus? Amen. I'm going to show you. Remember that from there where? Who remembers that? I'm going to read it to you really quick. Matthew chapter 9 verses 1 through 9. The Bible says this. Place yourself in the story. I'm going to try to read it in such a way where you're there. You're Matthew or you're Jesus or you're somebody in the crowd. Just listen, please. The Bible says Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own hometown. And while he was there, some men brought to him a paralyzed man who was lying on a mat. And when Jesus saw their faith, those that were carrying him, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law, there were some Pharisees in the crowd, amen, the holy people, amen, the holier than thou's, were there in the crowd. Some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this guy's blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Why are you thinking the things that you're thinking? Why are you thinking evil when there's something good happening? Amen. Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. Then the mat The man got up and went home. And when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe. And they praised God who had given such authority to men. And as Jesus went from there, he saw a man named Matthew. Oh, are you guys getting this? Remember, he went from there where? He went from there from where he was performing a miracle where he was giving somebody the ability to stand up and walk, amen, who was paralyzed, he turned from there and looked at a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth and said, follow me. He told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. Amen. That's powerful stuff right there. Can I tell you why? It's powerful because the reason why that Matthew did not ask, the reason why he did not question, the reason why he didn't consider, and the reason why he didn't ignore, because he was in the crowd, sitting in the booth, watching this man the whole time perform a miracle. And can I tell you something right now? That when you see a miracle happen before your eyes, you're not going to question it, you're not going to doubt it, you're not going to do nothing, but you're going to run and you're going to say, hey, can you do a miracle in my life can you touch me the way that you touched that man and so that's why it was no problem for him to get up and follow Jesus without question because he saw the miraculous he saw the drug addict change his life he saw the alcoholic put down the bottle he saw the adulterer 
repent and go back home to his wife. He saw, amen, what God did in his life. And he said, man, I want to be part of that. I want to glory in that. I don't know about this life, but that life is better. Amen. Thank you, son. Amen. Yeah, you can still stay there. We're not done with Matthew yet. He saw. How many of you have seen a miracle? Look next to you. Look in front of you. Look to the side of you. That's a miracle. Amen. That's a miracle. Amen. And that's powerful because he saw with his own eyes. Amen. And when we can see it, we believe it and we go after it. Amen. And I don't know about you, but he went, this invitation, check this out. He went from sitting to following. Sit down again. He went from Sitting, from merely sitting there to following. You know what he just did right now? He got up. He had to make a choice. He had to decide. He could have stayed there, sit there, son, and give me some resistance. Hey, follow me. You don't want to follow me? Come on, follow me. He's choosing not to go. You and I have the ability to choose whether we want to step into the purpose that God has called us to and created us for or we could stay sitting there doing nothing. Amen. But I got to warn you. I got to warn you that when you go from sitting to following, this is going to take some work. This is going to take some sacrifice. Okay, go ahead, son. What he just did was sacrificial. Can you say amen? Because if you read verses 10, 11, and 12, the Bible says that he got up and he took Jesus. I want to I want to read that. Listen. I want to read it. I must warn you because the mission field is not easy. The mission field takes work. The requirements are sacrificial. Amen. You'll be required to get off the sideline and now get on the field and play in the game. Standing on this box is not merely just standing. Standing on this box is standing on the field, waiting for the play to be given so that you can make the play happen. Amen. I know that you guys are all going to go home and watch the 49ers win today. Okay? I know that. With all my heart, I know that. Okay? You're going to watch Trey Lance win a game today. Amen. But guess what that quarterback has to do? He has to get off the bench and go into the field and give the play to his team so that his team could help him 
get into the end zone. Amen. And that takes sacrifice. The field ain't for everybody. It ain't for the one that constantly, I'm going to leave it there. Amen. It just ain't for everybody. Amen. But it's for those that are choosing to make the sacrifice. Amen. It wasn't easy for the 12 apostles. You know, I thought about that. Jesus didn't send them off with a, a, a sack of lunch. He didn't send them off with a paper bag and a snackable inside or a PB&J or he didn't give them a voucher for Burger King. He didn't make a reservation at the Marriott for them in the next city over. He, as a matter of fact, he didn't even send them with any money. It was all sacrificial. And they even had the audacity to come up and Jesus and say, hey, where are we staying? At the JW? At the Marriott? Do we got a room at the Ramada? He says, man, get out of here. He goes, don't worry about where you're going to stay. Don't worry about where you're going to sleep. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about the clothes that you're going to wear. Because even the fowls of the air have a place to eat and sleep. How much more the people of God? Amen. He said, just go. Just go. Amen. And so God is calling each and every one of us to the mission field really quick. Really quick. The Bible says this in the book of Matthew chapter 9 verses 10 and 12. There's two real quick points I want to make. Real fast. 10 and 11. The Bible says that while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house. Woo you see what happened? Right after he performed a miracle. He said hey follow me. Now Matthew was so grateful and excited. He goes no you follow me. Follow me to my house. And threw him a party. Amen. Throw him a carne asada with all the fixings. Right? And so right here, we're gonna see two things happen. Amen. When we when we do this, two things happen when we do this. Amen. The Bible says that while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors, amen, his friends, his his homeboys, but his people that he hung out with, right? Because we hang out with like-minded people. Amen. And so uh, he says that uh, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners ate with him and the disciples. But look at this. It's powerful. Because remember, the Pharisees were the cool guys on the block. They were the cool kids. Everybody wanted to be like the Pharisees. You know, they dressed around, they dressed nice, and they had their camel legs, and they were all over town. They looked good. They looked apart. They looked holier than thou. Amen. But they were wicked. Remember, Jesus said, I don't know your thoughts. You might look good, but your mind is all messed up. Evil inside of you. Amen. And so even they showed up. They were, they were like, whoa. Now all of a sudden, they were in the, they were in the, uh, in, in the tax collector's house. They were there trying to looky-loose, looking around, see what's going on. Amen. It says that in verse 11, when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, hey, why does this man eat with tax collectors and sinners? They were blown away. And the first point that I want to make was that Jesus, Matthew took Jesus into the house. In other words, God will transform when you have an encounter with him and you're sold out for him and you want to be part of the mission. God will transform how we use our resources. 
God will transform how we use our resources. He was now using his house and he was now using his own money to feed Jesus, to feed the people. Now, I'm not saying you got to open up your house and let everybody in and feed everybody. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that God will transform how we use our resources. And second, God will transform how we respond to ridicule and criticism. He will change that. Amen. Remember, the Pharisees were the rule keepers. They were the cool kids uh, on the block. And everybody wanted to be part of that group. But after one afternoon of being around Jesus, all of that changed. Because now they didn't care about the approval of the Pharisees because they were too busy celebrating their new friendship with Jesus. Can I tell somebody that you were not called to fit in? You weren't called. Young people, you're not called to fit in with the crowd. You're called to stand out. Of that crowd. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. Okay, man. Amen. As as we close. Amen. I hope that all of this is 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 opening your mind, opening your heart, opening your eyes. And all this is going to tie in right now with a meeting that I'm going to have with, with the church after. Because God is calling you to something greater. Fathers. God has called you to be the priest of your home. And the responsibility is on you. The enemy wants nothing more. Satan desires to kill you. Satan desires to take you out. Because you are the head of your house. You are the one. That should be leading your family spiritually. Now I know we have some strong women in the house. I know we do. My wife is strong spiritually. She's a giant killer. There's no doubt about that. But her job is to let me lead It's my job to allow myself to be led by the Spirit of God. And we both are to lead our children to the cross. 
and to do everything that we can to make sure that we make heaven our home. But it's also our responsibility to go out there and to take somebody else with us. It's our job to make sure that our kids know about Jesus. To go into our community and try to take as many people to heaven as we can. Family members, friends, co-workers. We're called to evangelize the world. Remember, Jesus' ministry was not within the temple or the synagogues. It was on the street, teaching, preaching, and feeding the people. You notice how Jesus, everywhere he went, he provided a meal. feed somebody that's they say that that's the way to win an individual's heart or to get to their heart free food amen imagine for a moment what was going on in Matthew's house He was once a sinner, tax collector, received Jesus Christ into his heart, into his life, into his soul. Because of an encounter that he had. Then he called him over to his house. Hey, Jesus, can I cook for you? Come on over. And Jesus says, yeah, let's go, man. Hungry? Now, I'm sure not all of his sinner friends or tax collector friends were on board with what Matthew was doing and I'm sure not everybody stuck around because now the conversations between them and Matthew changed they were no longer talking about the world they were no longer talking about the things of the world they were no longer talking about what happened over here and what now was different now the conversation was about Jesus now the conversation was about what Jesus had done and how he was excited and now he was going to change his life and not go back to that booth. Now I know not everybody stuck around but I can guarantee you that at least one of those guys that was there stayed after the party to find out just a little bit more about this man named Jesus. And so what I'm saying today church is that if we could just reach one individual then we've done our job. If we could just reach one, whether it's a family member, a backslidden brother, a backslidden sister, a a friend, a co-worker, somebody, or not even backslidden, just somebody that doesn't even know Jesus. 
one individual. Look at there's one family, two families, three families, four families, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen people. We could win. Seventeen. Seventeen, sister. There's 17 families in this house right now. If we all went into the community, if we all went and called up our loved ones and says, Hey, man, you got to get back to the Lord. God is calling you. You got to do it before it gets too late. 17 families here and there's a, about seven or five or six or seven families that are, are probably watching us online that couldn't be with us today. That's 20, 25, 30 families uh, that you and I are called to reach. But we're not going to do it if we ignore it. We're not going to do it by just thinking about it. We're going to do it when we jump on it and we stand on it and we walk in it and we believe in it. Amen. Amen. How many of you saw that movie Hacksaw Ridge? How many of you saw the movie Hacksaw Ridge? It's about this young man that joins the military. It's a true story. Amen. The main character is a medic who refuses to carry a weapon. I say medic and I use this because Matthew chapter 9 and verse 12 says that on hearing this, Jesus said this, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. How many of you go to the doctor when you're not sick? If you do, you must have a lot of money and don't know what to do with it. Give it to the church. This movie is about a medic who refuses to carry a weapon because of his spiritual beliefs and his battalion is pretty much left for dead up on a ridge everyone else retreats and leaves except for this one medic he stays behind through the night and check this out brother can you get the lights please Play it loud. Hold still now. Ooh. 
the mission that God has called them to. Church, this is bigger than us. This is bigger than Christian Restoration Center. This is bigger than my household and your household. God called us to go get one more. This man didn't know those guys from Adam. And while everybody else retreated and was at the bottom receiving the blessing, he was at the top making it happen. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to go out into the mission field. And I want to save one more. And if you want to join me, then just give God a round of applause. Amen. Father, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you 
for your word, Lord. We thank you for speaking to our hearts and to our minds this morning in this place. Jesus, and as we get ready, Lord, to take a step into this journey that you are calling us to go in, into this new direction that you are taking us in, Lord, I pray, I know that you will be the protector. You will be the provider. Because for everyone that is one, it's not one for us. They are one for you. Father, and I pray for every individual that is in this place, Lord, that has made the commitment to to stand and to take a step into the mission field with us. Shoulder to shoulder. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God one more round of applause. Amen. As we...